0: Hey, I'm Doug McAllister, and this is Stories I Didn't Get to Tell Last Sunday. This is Journey Fellowship Church's podcast, and we are excited to welcome you aboard today. Joining me is Hans. Uh, Hans is part of Journey Fellowship Church and has been with Journey for about 20 years, Hans? yeah. Yeah, so Hans and I met in line at a fundraiser. Is that, it? Didn't yes. we do that? Yes. It, yeah. Uh, I forgot where we were. Community
1: yeah. Christian Concern at the Yeah, funeral.
0: we were doing the uh, the outdoor... Cook-off. Yeah, the cook-off, yeah. right. And you were lying in front of me, uh, and I remember meeting you, and you turned around and said, I came to visit last Sunday. Didn't you tell me that? Yeah. So, yeah, and you said, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. <laughs> I knew right away I was going to love Hans because he just told me the truth yeah. from the first. I didn't like it. And I said, Hans, come back and give us, give us another chance. Yeah,
1: and yeah. it was on that invitation that I came back. You did. And that, uh, the second, that uh, second visit, I mean, yeah. we came a couple of Sundays before. Right. But on that visit, you mentioned the, 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 the church's outreaches yeah. and the mission and the evangelism. Mm-hmm. And that's what loved
0: me. Yeah. Our com- our commitment to the Great Commission is what really won your heart. Yep. Yeah. So I knew we had the same spirit, man. The first time I met you, I didn't know you. I'm a country boy from Louisiana. You are a man from... You're from... Niger- I'm a village boy from Cameroon. There you go. I'm a country boy from Louisiana, from the bayou, and he's a village boy from Cameroon. Yeah. We had nothing in common except for everything. Yes. Man, we both love Jesus and we're both committed to the great commission. Yep. And we had we became fast friends, man, and we have been doing life together now for two decades and counting. 20 years and counting. Yep. And should Jesus tarry, maybe we'll get two more decades out of this. I want I want people to hear your story, Hans. Okay. Your testimony is one of the most inspiring that I have ever heard. Mm-hmm. And I just want you to be able to share with everybody that attends Journey and that's associated with us, what God did in your life, how He how He brought you from the village of Cameroon to now working at one of the most you know important jobs in the military, you know, and I just appreciate that. And in the middle of that, you also just finished your studies and earned your credentials as a pastor mm-hmm. in our fellowship. Yep. So you add that to all of the degrees you you hold. How many? I don't want to embarrass you. You don't want to tell but I'm going to make you. Uh, you have a degree in, give us your list. What you I have a bachelor's
1: of. degree, a master's degree, and a PhD. All right, you have
0: a, you have a bachelor's in? In science. In science. And a
1: master a master's degree in applied
0: mathematics. Applied mathematics. Yeah, yeah and, and a PhD
1: a, in applied mathematics. And a
0: PhD. All right, I'm not even worthy to sit at the same table with this man. <laughs> applied mathematics. I don't even know what that means. What does applied mathematics mean?
1: Well, it will take a long story to. Right,
0: uh, <laughs> pretend I'm a country boy who knows nothing.
1: Well, okay, so uh, <laughs> studying, right. studying back in Cameroon, uh, there, came, there was a point where if I continued studying uh, in science and mathematics, I would just end up being one of those smart professors mm-hmm. in the universities right. that develop theories that yeah. necessarily do not relate to real yeah. life. Yeah. Uh, but then we had one professor that gave us a homework. Yeah. And it was a real-life homework. Right. It was about building a bridge across a river, yeah, in a country that is poor, doesn't have a lot of money, right? And an engineer just stepped out of school, just graduated, and the question was, where does he build the bridge? Yeah. So we knew how to uh, relate to this problem because we can compute the minimum distance between the two river banks, if we knew they have, uh, you know, how they behaved. Yeah. And that's when it dawned on me that. Mathematics can be applied oh, wow. to real life problems, and I wow. decided that I want to do applied math. Wow. I want to solve real life problems. Wow.
0: So you went on to earn your first degree, a bachelor's degree in science. So you're a scientist uh-huh. and a mathematician. Yep. So a, bachelor, uh, a bachelor's in science, master's in applied mathematics, and now a PhD. Yep. And to add to that, now you have a ministry degree and a credential as a as a licensed pastor, man. Uh, Wow, yeah, and you speak uh, what, four or five languages, four I forgot how many four so what's your first- what's your primary language,
1: okay, so I have two tribal languages that I yeah. grew up with in, in Cameroon because okay. my mom and my dad were not from the same tribes, okay and these two tribes spoke completely different languages. so you learned both languages, yes, wow you grew, you grew up with both, yeah, okay, Douala and Bassa. okay and so and when we go to school the first language we learned in school was French, yeah because the part of cameroon where i was born was a french speaking uh, okay. used to be a french colony right when we went to 6th grade they added english for us okay because cameroon also had a british colony part yeah and they wanted us to be bilingual so we of course. had no choice
0: yeah so you had your two village languages yes. mom and dad then you had french because yes. of the colonization, and then English, yes. just to make it interesting. <laughs> yes.
1: No, but to top it off.
0: Oh, well, there's more. Okay. okay. And, so
1: in sixth, seven, in eighth grade, yeah. they decided that that was not enough languages. Oh, so yeah. they added uh, either German or Spanish Wow. And you to picked... us. Mine was, we didn't pick. They, oh. So they just
0: channeled us to uh, the Spanish. So you picked out Spanish. Then. Yes. So Spanish, English, French, and two village yes. languages. Yep. Wow. Incredible. Uh, what language do you speak at home with your family, your kids? With my wife yeah. is
1: French, right? Almost always,
0: because she is from
1: Martinique, which is a French uh, right. uh, island right. in so the was Caribbean. Was it a colony,
0: or is it still a colony?
1: It's, it's a territory.
0: It's a territory now, yeah. so it kind of moved up in the world. It's yeah, a, yeah,
1: yeah. So, so we speak French all the time. Yeah, we try to speak French, uh, introduce the kids to French. Yeah, but it's not really immersion. Yeah, but with the kids. I mean, we kind of revert, revert to automatically to English.
0: Yeah. So primarily at home it's English. Yeah. But you and your wife, uh, Bertha, speak French yes. and English. And yeah.
1: when we suspect that they might catch what we're saying in <laughs> French, <laughs> we
0: say it in Spanish. Oh, then they're like, what language are mom and dad talking right now? Do you ever use your village languages?
1: No, not no. with
0: her. Never. She doesn't know it. Yeah. Uh, but with anybody?
1: Yeah, my siblings. Oh, all
0: your brothers my and siblings, sisters? My
1: siblings, yeah. God. And other, my other. Uh, and you have
0: a big family. We'll get yes. to that. Later on in the story, right. but how many brothers and sisters do you have? Oh, a lot. So, right, give us a number, total, of everybody and officially
1: all officially the... of all the. Uh, so my my father used to have when he when he was alive, he had three wives.
0: Right, he had three wives. Yes, and then he had children by each.
1: Yes. Okay, and so all of us of the three wives,
0: we were seventeen. Yeah. So you have seventeen brothers that, that, and sisters that we know of, that you know of, yes. that you know about, and have yes, uh, have a relationship with. Yes, and they're all still alive.
1: A couple of them have passed away. Okay, uh, but yes, the rest of them we have some relationship.
0: Right, and you speak when you talk to them. What language do you use with them? It depends so, on...
1: yeah, so it depends on the circumstance. So yeah. we can speak French, we can speak Basa. Wow. and no, Basa, I've not spoken Basa for a very long time, more than yeah. thirty years.
0: Do you feel like you have losing it? You're losing it.
1: I lost the spoken part of it, yeah. but I, when anybody who speaks it, yeah. I understand everything. It comes so, back. Yes, yeah. so yeah. it's just a matter of going back there yeah. and immersing myself. Hans, I'm always so
0: amazed uh, at your depth of knowledge, man. The things that you know, that is just you know so broad. You know, um, yeah. it's incredible, and that more than anything, I'm impressed by your your love of Jesus, man. You know, when we had the lockdown, uh, the journey never closed uh, officially. We kept open. We never turned anyone away for worship. But most of our people moved to the online campus, but not you. No, you came every Sunday. Yeah. You know, sometimes it was just the staff and Hans yes. and a few other people, yeah. and everybody else was online at the height of the pandemic. But I just love that about you. You were like, "I'm going to be there, and we're going to worship God together." Yes. You know, so some Sundays I would preach just to you.
1: Yes, and it's okay.
0: <laughs> Live, <laughs> like, and if,
1: even if you didn't show up, I would show up.
0: Yeah, you would be there anyway because you you were there for Jesus, man. Yes. You were there for your love for the Lord and yeah. your. And your I, had, I
1: mean, I, I also had another concern. Yeah. Um because i saw the lockdown as a uh, it wasn't intentional yeah uh i mean that wasn't the primary purpose for the lockdown yeah but i also saw it as almost a showstopper to the church yeah and i didn't want i didn't want that to affect my ability to go to church
0: yeah and i'm like you i don't know if it was intentional or not i I may be a little bit more on the side of I think it was intentional either the enemy's plan or the plan of the mm-hmm. government was to put their you know boot on the neck of the church and I just think it was important that we continue to publicly yes. meet to worship God yep. and to preach the gospel yep. because the local church is the only hope of the world. Exactly. You know, and I understand people who locked down and those who had to stay home and those who got sick. I understand this was a real dangerous virus. I don't discount any of that. And we encourage people to make their own decisions about their health. But as the pastor, I just felt it was my responsibility, you know, to keep the public worship service available. You know, in fact, it became, you know, the online campus kind of grew out of that, you know. So uh, I just appreciate that about your commitment to Jesus, man. And I want to talk a little bit about your salvation, how you came to Christ. You grew up <clears throat> in a village in Cameroon, yep. and here you are now with three earned degrees, a pastoral credential, uh, a very important job with the Navy, and all kind of secret. You know, you can't even tell me some of the secret things. You know, we well, not talk about those. I know we can't talk about those because you're, you have this great uh, clearance with the government. But I do want to talk about what God did early on when you were a boy in those villages, who seemed seemingly had no way out to become the great man that you are now. So tell, tell us a little bit about what Jesus did in Hans's life as a boy.
1: Yeah. So uh, I was born in a very, very remote village in the jungles, in the equatorial forest in Cameroon. My father was a primary school, elementary school teacher. And at the time, the government would move them from place to place. So when I was born, uh, immediately when I was born, he was moved to another village. That's where we spend my first four years of life, and my father died when I was four years old. Oh wow, Wow. early! So, and and because he had three wives, Mm -hmm. okay. Apparently, while he lived, he could manage the house, right? But once he he was dead, my mother could not uh, live in the 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 rivalry, the bickering, and all the infighting of all the family because she was the youngest of the three wives. Okay, she decided to move back. Mm-hmm. To her village.
0: Since you died, since your dad died at four, you must have been one of the later of the seventeen yes. to be born. Oh yeah, yeah, you were like one of the last. Yeah,
1: the last I among mean, the last
0: four. Yeah, and I just want to put this out there: Was your dad a religious man?
1: Yes, he was. Uh, actually, it's a very faint memory in my in my brain. Yeah. But he used to they used to be the Seventh day Adventist church gathering
0: okay. in our home. I see. When he was alive. All right. And but he had three wives. Yes. Which was very uh, accepted in the culture where yes. you grew up. So yeah. your dad passed away, you were four, and then your mom wanted to move back. Yes. So tell us about So that.
1: she moved back to my grandparent my grandparents' home uh on my mother's side. And that's where mostly we grew up. Yeah. Uh so uh, back
0: in the smaller village. Uh, yeah. Okay.
1: But this smaller village now, but it, it's still very close to the big city. I see. It's only maybe at about an hour to the big city. What big city is? Douala is okay. the okay. biggest city in Cameroon.
0: So it's Douala. Yes. Big, that's the, that's the, is that the capital?
1: Is the they call it the economic capital? Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So that's where we grew up. I went to elementary school and high school, and then I moved to Yaounde, the capital, the political capital for the university. That okay. was the main university mm-hmm. at the time in Cameroon. Got it. So we got there and um I was bright in school by God's grace. Mm-hmm. Uh I learned very very early that uh, I you know I saw the struggle of my mom. Mm-hmm. So the re- the only thing that I could bring home of value to her to prop her up and she yeah. was a good grade. Wow. If I had if I if my report card wasn't good yeah. I would do anything to hide it from. Him. Yeah. <laughs> in order to know, yeah. if yeah. I got, I remember one time I got in trouble in school. Yeah, uh, it, it was a silly thing.
2: Yeah,
1: we we were just anxious to get our report cards, and, yeah. and they were delayed and all that stuff. So we went to yeah. the office mm-hmm. that uh, uh, where they were, and, yeah. and this official at the school had not just gotten to it to come give them to us. Mm-hmm. So I, t- I, I took a friend of mine. Yeah. We got there and started looking at it, and we were caught. And he said, "Boys, <laughs> <laughs> when you come, when school is back, yeah. seven-day suspension." Oh my word! I said, "No, this cannot be." Oh, uh, you So, moving and moving he wrote it supplement. down. Yeah. When he wrote it down, he moved. Yeah. I told my friend, "Look, I don't know about you, yeah. but me, I don't want to have a seven- <laughs> This will kill my." I mom. want my mom to know this. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so, what did you do, Hans?
1: So, so when that official moved out of that office, yeah. I told my friend, there was another official still in there, yeah. he is not, who is not, was not aware of these things. Right. I told him, go tell him the principal is calling for him. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy was shaking. So, said, hey. yeah. so, so he went, he told him, Yeah. the principal is looking for you, sir. Yeah. And this official, as soon as he moved out of the room, he went and tore that paper in. Wow, we never got that suspension.
0: <laughs> so but anyways, so, uh, that, is, that is a great story to confess. Now that nobody is around to enforce yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, so we were talking earlier about storytelling. You're a really good storyteller, you know. Yeah. And storytellers, uh, we were discussing this before we started. Storytellers have what I call uh, the right to embellish. You know, yes. I call it writer's embellishment. Yeah. You know, but that story wasn't embellished. At all. No, was the not at thing. all. Yeah. Not at all. Uh, I tend to take license with stories. Not not that I don't tell the truth, but sometimes you got to just, you know.
1: Maybe extend it a little bit. Uh, embellish. Yes,
0: embellish. Like this table, for example. You know, this well, is a great table. Yes. By the way, this is a new set for, well, I think we've had three or four podcasts in this in this set. This table, can I get off track just for a second? yeah, yeah. yeah. So this table, I was walking through a resale shop a while back. And I was looking for something else, and I stumbled on this table, and I asked the lady there, I said, hey, is this table real wood? And she said, absolutely, uh, and it's on sale today for $5. And I didn't need a table, but I said, I'll take it. I mean, for five dollars, you always need a real wood table. Who, who could say no? So, Caden Taylor actually uh, stripped this and uh, sanded it and got it back down to the real wood and kind of built a whole new set around it. Uh, So, anyway, so storytelling is really, I think, you know, the heartbeat of relationships. Oh yeah. And your story is just so inner, you know, so inspirational, you know. So you are. In, in school, and trying to go to, to the university yep. and tell us how God just opened a miraculous yes. door.
1: So, I so graduated from high school and I went to university and, um, and I, was, I studied in university for the first three years. In the fourth year, uh, two things are happening in Cameroon. Okay, for the first time, yeah. the government is opening up. Uh, to other parties, there was yeah. just one party rule. One right. the president that was there back then is still there now. Yeah. Uh, so, 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 so there was a lot of turmoil in society, and, including yeah. campus. Right. Okay. So, is the
0: government there democratic, or is it more like a um, uh, dictatorship, or a, yeah. co- a combination? <clears throat> well, or can you say
1: it's a dictatorship that doesn't say its name? Okay there are sham elections yeah the parties the other parties that exist are just there to show the world that okay yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's yeah, there's some real of democracy yeah. but it's not real.
0: how long has the president been in office the, one the president
1: there? has been in office since november 6
0: 1982 whoa 40 years almost he keeps winning elections huh? yes winning elections oh, yeah oh, we're not to. <laughs> okay well, but anyways i edit that now yeah yeah
1: so 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 but that i mean yeah. i still remember the speech yeah. from the former president wow. you know when he resigned and yeah. you know so anyways we uh that year 1991 yeah we, we, we're we in school, and it's interrupted by lots of protests. Yeah. And I got arrested in one of those protests. Really? Not because I was protesting, but there was so much uh, uh, upheaval on campus. Yeah. A friend of mine, we were in my dorm, and he said, let's just go look what's happening outside. Oh, boy. And the minute we stepped outside, the military was coming down to where the protest was happening. Just we were caught in the middle. Bad timing. I, I spent like maybe three nights in... in, in yeah. in in a dungeon. Oh. <laughs> man. But anyways, we got out of it and and so that year though, pastor, um, for the first time, some friends of mine encouraged me to apply for a scholarship.
2: Yeah.
1: I've never done this before. I knew that I stood no chance because the only people that got scholarships were children of high-ranking officials in the government. Right. Um, so anyways, I I gathered all the all the resources that I had, put the, put a, a, an application together and submitted yeah. it to the scholarships office right and one month later, that office issued another call for scholarships, yeah okay and they said we will uh, favor the you know the students that are doing well this year, yeah and that year I was doing very well
2: hmm.
1: at least the first semester we we're doing very well yeah so I said, I have a lot of chance. I have a lot of chance for this scholarship, yeah. and and in my mind, you know, you 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 think with your pocket, you know. Yeah. I don't have the money to right. put together another application, hmm. so I said I'm going to go to the um, scholarships office. I'm going to withdraw my first application, really? and submit it to the second call.
2: Yeah.
1: Where I have, in my mind, I have much more, more, yeah. more opportunity there. Sure. So I get to that office. And I let them know what my intentions were, and the guy says to me, "I'm not. I can maybe I can. I won't be able to find your application because some applications are selected, uh, and then we send them overseas for Mm -hmm. our offices to try to match Mm -hmm. candidates with universities. If we can find a university that accepts our candidates, those are our primary targets for scholarships. So I'm not sure I can find your your application. So it was gone. Yeah. I didn't know what happened to that application. So yeah. I went and put together the application for the second call. Hmm. So one day on campus, I was coming back from visiting one of my aunts uh, that lived in the city. And a friend of mine says, Hans, I have a good news for you. He says, well... Tell me the good news. He said, no, give me the equivalent of maybe a quarter.
0: <laughs> He's going to sell some good news? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, oh, great. He man. was joking. But he said, he says, give me a
1: quarter. I have a good news for you. Yeah. I said, okay, well, tell me the good news. I'll double it. Yeah. He said, if I tell you the good news, you'll give me more than 10 times what I'm <laughs> I ask. What is this good news? He said, you've got a scholarship. Wow. I said, you know, we, don't, we cannot joke with this one. Yeah, He said, no, I'm not joking.
2: Hmm.
1: It was Saturday night.
2: Yeah.
1: I barely slept that night. I bet. In the morning, I ran to the place where the list of all the people who had received the scholarship from the government were. Where was it
0: posted? Like at a local
1: office? Yes. Yeah. And outside the board.
0: I got you. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: And my, sure enough, my name was it. Wasn't oh,
0: it? Hans. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so, what are the chances? How many, what are the odds against that? Oh,
1: there are hundreds and hundreds of, if not thousands, of scholarships yeah. uh, or applicants.
0: Yeah. But there are only a few of them that right. are given. Just a handful of people yes. were picked. And most of those were kids who had connections. Yes. Had powerful parents yes. or whatnot. So when I told
1: my aunt that I got a scholarship, nobody believed it. Yeah the first question they asked, who do you know in, in government?
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, who do you know? And
1: my answer was, this is God. Yeah. This is God. So so then uh, the government, uh, because once you have a scholarship, that was only the beginning of yeah. the process. Yeah. You have to have a visa now to go to, for me, to go to France. Yeah. And for them to give you a visa, that year they implemented that you have to have, you have to be admitted. Oh, wow. At a university in yeah. France. Yeah. For them to issue a visa. Uh, another and problem. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I've never contacted a university in France. Yeah. I don't even know where to begin. Yeah. And this is before technology, okay? Yeah. This is before internet right. and emails right. and all that stuff.
0: Yeah. So this is back when dinosaurs roamed the earth. Yes.
1: Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> before the internet.
0: Yeah. Hey, I, I lived there too. I remember those days. Yeah. All right.
1: So, so um, so because the year was so perturbed with protests, yeah, the government, the government was thinking of canceling the, that academic year. Right. So I sent I sent a a letter to a university to repeat the year that I was, my master's, uh, the first year of the master's program. But one day I went to visit my aunt again and I find a letter that was waiting for me. And she said, you have a letter here that's waiting for you. Mm. Pastor Doug, you Mm. won't Mm. believe it. When I opened the letter, it was me, a letter, the University of Grenoble in the southeastern part of France saying that I am admitted Oh wow! To the following year of the master's program,
0: and you'd never even enrolled. I have never
1: contacted them, never. So putting pieces together, yeah. The, what this official told me at the scholarships office is what happened. My yeah. my file has been had been selected, yeah, and they had sent it to France, right. And they shopped for university for me, right. And then I received the admission.
0: Man, but they mailed it to your aunt.
1: Yes, that's the only address I had. We didn't wow. have. Uh, with regular addresses. So campus. you weren't
0: expecting it or even looking for it. It yeah. Just what if you hadn't gone by there? Or isn't it amazing how God just weaves together His plan in such yeah. intricate details that yeah. sometimes we can just miss yeah. God's next step if we're in too big of a hurry. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So long story short, that's how I traveled to France. Yeah. So you got a
0: visa then? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I got a visa. Went to France and I studied there, finished the master's program, yeah, and enrolled into the PhD program, yeah, and and so in France is where when I came to know Jesus.
0: Yeah, tell us about that, about Jesus and about Bertha. Yeah. Tell us how that all kind of connected. Yeah,
1: so so uh, the first year in France was adapting to the cold weather, new culture. Yeah, fortunately there were a lot of African students uh, yeah. uh, on on campus. But it was in the second year being there that uh, I was invited to a, a campus ministry, a Bible study uh, on wow. campus. I went there, and the, the subject they were debating that night right. was being a Christian today. Mm. So the young student that was talking about it, the more he talked about what a Christian should be,
2: yeah.
1: the more I knew I was not one. Yeah. And I had only one desire, to get out of that room. Wow. Okay, so I, I stayed until the end. And, and when I went back to my dorm, that was when, for the first time, I sat down and I talked to Jesus. Mm. And I told and my, I mean, my testimony is very simple. I told Jesus, Jesus, I don't know you. Yeah. Uh, but if everything that I've heard is true, if you save, save me. Yeah. If you forgive sinners, I want you to forgive me. Oh, man.
0: That was my simple prayer. It's all happening in your dorm after the meeting.
1: Yes. Uh, Yes. I came to my dorm, locked the door, and knelt down and had a conversation with Jesus. uh,
0: And how did he answer?
1: Oh, I guess the answer is what you see today. Yeah. Um, He forgave
0: you? He saved you?
1: Yes. Yes. And you know it just as much as you know that you've eaten after you have eaten.
0: How did you know that you got saved that night? Was there like a peace or was there any Mm -hmm. spiritual... You know, point. Uh, so
1: I went for uh, for for the next few weeks. I was just working in under conviction of yeah. the things I was doing wrong. Yeah. All of the stuff that I was doing wrong at the beginning, I saw them as wrong. Yeah, and not wrong because they were wrong, but wrong in the eyes of Jesus. It's
0: like God turned on your conscience almost. Yes, it turned the Holy Spirit. Yes, made you aware. Yes, and yeah. I
1: wanted to be and I wanted to be a holier person. I wanted yeah. to be a, a I wanted to be a, a, an authentic Christian. Yeah. Okay, because wow. I, I I used to I told people when I was growing up my 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 younger siblings got baptized. Yeah, my mom once asked me why don't you get baptized? I said I don't want to be baptized and be the same person. Yeah,
2: I've
1: uh, never I never knew
0: what bo- being born again. I, I was never being, even then you kind of knew what you didn't know, right? That's, yeah, that's supernatural, man. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. anyways, I, I so so the following year I became the leader of that campus ministry. <laughs>
0: Pretty fast promotion. You went from <laughs> unbeliever to the campus director. Wow. <laughs> what happened to the leader?
1: Oh, the leader. The leader was a, a young guy from uh, Ivory Coast. Yeah. The anointing of God was so strong on him. The call to ministry was so strong. Yeah. The the, the parents had sent him to Europe to yeah. study medicine. Yeah. To become a a, a medical doctor. I see. But then now he's st- he was telling his parents to. Uh, that he wanted to switch to theology and become yeah. a minister. Yeah. And so the parents bought him a ticket to come on vacation. Yeah. But it was a one way ticket.
0: Yeah. So he couldn't come back. He couldn't come back. Yeah. So you kinda of de facto became the oh the yeah. Leader. I mean
1: all the other guys that were in that group yeah. were more seasoned yeah. Christians, but nobody wanted to lead. Yeah. So at he the end he said, leader. Do you mean I should be leading this. <laughs> I said, God, I don't know anything about leading <laughs>
0: but I, hey. I need to read the book real quick, God. Yeah. 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 So you're studying for your doctorate in applied mathematics. Yep. At the same time, you're getting discipled. Yep kind of between you and the holy spirit. Oh yeah. Yeah, so did you start reading the bible? Did you oh, yeah. start praying? What happened? Oh yeah,
1: the, the minute I gave my life to Jesus I began yeah. reading the uh, began reading the bible.
0: In what language? French. Oh, in French. Yeah, I yeah. read the you new have test- so many to choose from. I yeah. didn't know which to read. Yeah. I read, read the that.
1: New Testament so many yeah. times before yeah. I started reading the Old Testament yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> I served in that organization at the local level, that local chapter on right. campus, at the regional level coordinating the activities of yeah. uh, you know, going to the national meetings and things right. like that. But eventually, yeah. I graduated and then I had to move. But yeah. you ask another question: How did I meet Bertha? Yeah. In that Bible study. Exactly. In that group. Yeah. Uh, we met. We were part of the same group, and then she moved to study in another city.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> and it's and then, I, I think God began walking in her heart. Yeah. I was just focused on serving God and studying.
0: Yeah. And she was already a believer though. Yes. Right? Yeah.
1: Yes. Okay. Yes but but then uh at some point we had a conversation mm. you know uh she said i'm kind of feeling something about you and yeah and i told her look i'm not feeling anything yeah <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. because i knew that okay i i knew that the your best decision is for jesus yeah the next best decision yeah. is who you marry most and true. if you mess that up, it can mess up your relationship with Jesus Boy. and whatever. Truth. Okay. So, so, and uh, so, the first time we had a conversation, to me, it appeared as a temptation. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And I said, I told her, I was, I had to be honest. Yeah. I don't have any feeling about you, but if this is for God, from God, we pray about it. Yeah. If that's God, then.
2: Yeah.
0: All right. What well, a Romeo, man. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, playing hard to get, weren't you? Yeah, nah. you were just trying to find God's will. I oh yes, it. yeah.
1: Oh yes. So so. Anyway, we started praying about it. I started praying about it until the day when I heard God speak to my spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do not be afraid wow. to take her as your wife. Wow.
0: Yes, that's a clear word.
1: I remember the place the location yeah. everything
0: Man what a great word for people who are single and waiting to get married yeah. You got a clear word from God you could have hurried and made your own decision yeah. or you could have lagged behind and let it, the opportunity slide yeah. but you waited for a clear word and then you acted on it Yeah So what did you do did you, did you go tell her immediately
1: Yeah so so what when when once I was comfortable that I heard from God Yeah I had the peace Yeah in my soul And then I could now call her and say, "Hey, we've been praying about this. Mm. I think I've heard about I heard from God, and I have peace about it." Yeah.
0: And how did she respond? Uh, She must have been very happy. She was open, and you guys started dating. How soon did you get married?
1: Uh, So, so, so this happened in '94. Yeah. We didn't get married until '98. Yeah. Because I had I finished in '96. Yeah. And then I took my first job in the United States here in the States, and she was still a student. Yeah. And we wanted to wait. For her to finish before we got married.
0: Where did you come first into the U.S.? What was your first job? Corvallis, Oregon State University. So you came to Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. In '96. In '96. Which is the same year that we planned it, journey. October 1996. The same month. Do you remember what day?
1: I think I landed on the 29th. Yeah. And and I was and I was shocked by all the jack o' lanterns and all that stuff. (laughs) All the talk of Halloween. I still
0: am. what's going on <laughs> what's up with all the pumpkins everywhere man yes. chill out with the pumpkins yeah all right and the hay bales yeah so you got here in 90 october of 96 yeah uh you went to work in oregon and then did you go back home to marry bertha or did she well, come w- here
1: no i went to france You went to france yeah
0: okay. yeah yeah and so you guys got married and Wait. lived in france or did you bring her no. back immediately
1: no so I, I had a job here yeah i didn't have a job in france yeah I had applied for jobs in right. in France. Right. I, I couldn't get I didn't even get an interview. Yeah. So so the plan was let's get married and then we moved here, I yeah. had a job. Right. And that job came to an end in March 2000. Mm-hmm. That's when we moved to Louisiana in yeah. south and started working in south Mississippi.
0: Wow. And how did you pick Slidell to did. live in? So That's your home.
1: So the the, my boss, I called him my boss, mm-hmm. who recruited me, who, he came to one of the um, summer schools that we were organizing. I was helping yeah. the professor back there uh, in Oregon. He invited me to come here, give a seminar, introduce me to the organization. Yeah. And he lived in Slidell. That's yeah. where most people lived that yeah. worked over there. Yeah. So it's I like kind I'm, of just picked Slidell naturally. Yeah.
0: Man, I think it was probably providential. I think the Lord planted you here because, you know... You've been such a key leader at Journey now for so many years, yeah. you know. Um, so I know you can't say a lot about your job, but I think people will be very interested on in what you do. So what can you say without getting in hot water, you know, that what you do?
1: So the type of research that gives us the the meteorology, yeah, okay, yeah. the weather of tomorrow and things yeah. like that. Yeah, that same type of research is needed for the Navy.
0: I see. So you served the navy with weather yes related the ocean weather wow pretty sweet man pretty sweet all right so you got married uh, moved back uh, to the or came to the US uh, got transferred or picked up a new job you're in Slidell and now you guys have been here for 20 plus years yeah
1: so we yeah. drove from Oregon in March March 2000 right and uh right. we came to Slide
0: Yeah, so you guys have four kids. Uh you have Moses and Johanny. Johanny the oldest, yeah. Moses. Right. So twenty two and twenty. Yeah. yeah. And they're both in university or about to be or yeah. Do, yeah. going back. And then you have two younger kids. Yes, Joseph. Eleven and nine, is that right? Yeah. And eight. Yeah, eleven and eight. Joseph yeah. and Ruth, yeah. So you have four four kids, all with uh with great biblical names. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I love that heritage. I think Hans uh what one of the parts of your story that i think people need to hear is your commitment to your mom i know it always ministers to my heart when you go back to cameroon because your mom's still alive yeah tell us a little bit about how god has allowed you to take care of your mom and to be a a source of encouragement and help for her uh uh, so
1: very very early in life i saw the struggle of my mom Mm -hmm. She married, she was married very, very young. How old was she? She got her first kid, uh, my older brother, when she was 18. Yeah. She got married very young. Yes. Yeah. I don't know exactly how long she was married before. Right. Yeah. So she was a teenager. Yeah. Okay. I get it. And so by the age of 22, yeah. she is a widow with four kids. Wow.
0: Wow. And no job. And no hope. So, so you, you were just a little boy growing up as an orphan. Yes. In a small village. Yeah. Isn't it incredible how the Father in heaven sees us yeah. when we're at our worst yeah. and when at, we're at our most vulnerable and he cares yeah. enough so, to intervene? So, I saw her struggle. Yeah. Um, 22, four kids and a widow. Yeah. Wow and and
1: i cannot go to too many details but yeah but i knew early on that the only thing that i could do to bring some happiness to her life yeah. was to study and to study hard
2: yeah
1: so she, she she prided herself that at least my children went to school she gave up a lot of things mm-hmm. um so i started actually earning some scholarships when i was in high school yeah uh, uh, my first well in, in middle school, they, we had some. There used to be some scholarships in middle school, yeah. Uh, and and that paid for the tuition and some books yeah. and the rest of it. I gave it away to my mom. Yeah. Uh, so that that went all the way through graduation. Yeah. And when I was in college, we had a stipend. Uh, after I, I took care of some of my expenses, yeah. Whatever I had, I could split it with my mom. Yeah. Um, so so. Uh same thing when I went to France and, uh, and things like that. So later on, uh, I saw the struggles. I, you know, I was very, very keen, uh, aware of the hardship. Yeah. Because after us, the first four kids that uh, we were, we, she had, she had another two. Yeah. Uh, so So I always looked after her to help her raise my other siblings. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I took the job in the US. Yeah. Because when I finished in France, there was no job opening. Uh, if I went back to Cameroon, I would serve as a civil servant for at least two years without yeah. pay. Yeah. Okay. And and that that didn't sit well in my spirit, yeah. knowing the yeah. situation of yeah. you know, the family. So uh so my first salary went back home and yeah. ever since. Yeah. So so in 2014 to 2015. Uh, we noticed that she had started losing her memory mm. and and there was not such a great care in Cameroon. Yeah. So she traveled to Europe to my, uh, one of my sisters lives in Italy to be with her, but her situation was deteriorating. Yeah. I remember the last conversation I had with her, cogent conversation. She said, I don't ask for much, but if you guys could just build me a little place that I can call my own, my own. And and so uh, it became evident in 2015 that we had to build her a house. Yeah. Um, at that time, I didn't have the money, but by God's grace. Right. See, after Katrina, we paid off our home that had flooded and things that right. so that we had fixed. We paid it off. Right. Okay. So in, to, in 2010, in 2010, we moved to Cross Gates to to put bring the kids to the North Shore school mm-hmm. district. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I rented the house, the, 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 our first house for a couple of years, but it didn't work out. Yeah. So I just told her, look, the best thing I can do is to sell the house, use the money to build your house. Yeah. And that's what we did. Wow. So we sold the house and we built her house. Uh, and that's where she lives now.
0: In Cameroon. In Cameroon. Is she back in the village where she grew up or where? Is yeah. She?
1: Yeah. In oh. the concession that, I mean, in the, 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 the lot where my grandfather, Mm-hmm. had her house yeah his, his house so so she lives there i make sure every month yeah. that the the care workers are paid yeah. that there is food in the house yeah. and everything else so how old is your mom now she will be 75 mm-hmm. march the 8th next year
0: yeah. yeah that's just such an incredible story i love also that you are still committed to bring the gospel to the world, but you have a strong heart for your home country, and I know you go there quite often. Tell us a little bit about the pastors' uh, conventions you do and the glass clinics yep. and the other ministry yep. that goes on.
1: So um, I've done a couple of mission trips with Journey. Yeah, When we went to Mexico right. in 2000, I think it was December 2005, right. and then 2006 with the youth. Yeah. Then we went to Brazil in 2007. Yeah. Um, but in 2008, I felt very strongly that uh, to go to mission to do two missions in Africa. <laughs> so the only person that was doing mission in Africa at the time was Bishop Wellington. Right. So I called him. He said, "Hey, yeah, you're welcome to join my team." Yeah. So we started going to Sierra Leone. Yeah. Uh, we've been to Sierra Leone since 2008. Uh, the only time we missed, we didn't go, was when there was the Ebola crisis. Right. Uh, we've done a couple of, uh, a lot of, I mean, we do a lot of things on the mission. We try to coordinate with the locals to try to find out what the, the needs are, yeah. whether it's a social need or or spiritual need, what they right. need in teaching, in training, or whatever. So right. we came up with a combination of both social and spiritual yeah. into what we call the pastor's convention or pastor's conferences. Right. We have some locals over there that, uh, invite the pastors from different villages, and they can gather a hundred, two hundred, four hundred pastors at a time, yeah. and we come and teach and train mm-hmm. on, you know, whatever they tell us that the topics should be. Yeah. And we have done reading glasses by, by thousands, right, thousands. I yeah. I could not imagine at the beginning of the reading glasses ministry that yeah. it would grow that. And, and that it was so so needed and yeah. so beneficial.
0: So you'll bring, you you will bring with you hundreds, if not more than a thousand pairs of reading glasses, uh-huh. and then conduct eyeglass clinics yeah. to examine each person and yes. fit a, the yeah. appropriate glasses.
1: And I also trained local people, the yeah. local people, to do it even when we're not there. Right. So we bring maybe a
2: thousand yeah. at a time.
0: And you pay your own way. Yes. Yeah, not out of your funds from your job, but you take extra work, which yeah, uh, you know yeah. You know, I just, uh, I'm inspired by that manual. A man with an, an earned doctorate in applied mathematics will take a little part-time job just to have money to do yes. missions work. Yeah. Yeah. Because
1: I don't I don't want to be remembered as an applied mathematician. Yeah. Would That's you, my secular job.
0: What you want to be remembered as?
1: Uh, somebody who loved Jesus oh, man. and served him.
0: Is there a better goal? I want
1: to, uh, I don't want anybody to look at me as, oh, He's a smart guy or whatever yeah, yeah. Uh, i want to relate to everybody at whatever level they are yeah and just relate as a brother or a sister
0: yeah you know there's a quote that uh that i use quite often um that it came from the moravians uh, uh, it, and here's a paraphrase of it um uh, preach the gospel die and be forgotten yeah what a great, yep. What a great mission statement that I want yep. to just make my life count yes. for, for Jesus and for the gospel. Yep. and whether people remember me or not yep. is, you know, uh, not even the point. You know, you were telling me before we started the podcast about uh, a devotional you read recently about about Joseph. Yeah, we, we're going to wrap it up now, but I want us to end with that thought about Joseph in uh, in the dungeon and how God use that as part of his destiny
1: so i've read the story of joseph i don't know how many times and um and i was reading it again this morning so so you know how you read the bible yeah and then different thoughts yeah or new thoughts come to your mind as Mm -hmm. you read yeah and you like you read it for the first time yeah yeah it's like this is the first time i see this i've read this many times i get it so so this morning my thought the thought process okay I see, I saw Joseph, the father sent him out, go, you know, look, you know, bring what, go see what, how do your brothers are faring, Mm -hmm. bring what back to me. And the first thing is he's lost. Yeah. Okay. Then he gets direction, he finds his brothers, they strip him of his uh, beautiful
0: coat coat of many colors,
1: colors, and they throw him in a pit. Right. To add... Insult to injury. Yeah, they sit down to eat.
0: <laughs> right. While well, he's in the pit, yeah. let's have dinner. It's a great place to camp out. Yeah.
1: And the pit had no water. I, mean, I know, right? And so, anyways, a meal. anyways, the they pull him out of it, out of it. They sell him as a stray, as a slave. Okay. They yeah. Take him down to Egypt, and they sell him again. I don't know. Right. Okay. So he's going from trial to trial to trouble to trouble. Yeah. And then when he's trying to walk. Uh, yeah. and, and prosper. Yeah. He, there's a false accusation, right. and he ends up in a dungeon.
0: Right. Not a prison. Not a. Pri- no. In the dungeon in, dungeon. in the lowest part of the prison, the worst dungeon. part.
1: Dungeon. Yeah. Dungeon.
0: Yeah. So,
1: so, I mean, we all know we have read the story. We all know how it ends. Yeah. But this morning, I I, I just sensed God speaking to me. Yeah. Look. Yeah. Every one of those trials was pushing Joseph, yeah. was leading him to where God wanted him to be, yeah. to use him for his destiny. Yeah. Every trial was bringing him closer to his destiny. Yeah. And that's what I love this morning. Yeah. That, that whatever trial I'm going through, whatever, whatever difficulty is in yeah. my life, it's actually pushing me closer yeah. to where God wants to use me for His purpose.
0: Yeah. Maybe maybe your story is like Hans. Maybe you find yourself in a dungeon in a hard place. Maybe you don't know how God could possibly use this for your, for your good or to help you to reach your destiny. And Hans, I think about you being a four-year-old orphan yeah. in a village with no hope, and now you're you're uh you know you're a scientist uh making a, a worldwide impact with the u s military uh but your main contribution is your wife and your four amazing kids and your ministry you know and your love for Jesus yep. how God brought you from dungeon yep. to destiny yep you know, and it's a story, not just for Han, because God loves each of us just the same. Yep. You know, so yep. as we wrap it up, anything you want to say to our our, our viewers today about yeah, God's so, plan?
1: So, so I, I think, Pastor, that God loves everybody. Yeah. But not everybody knows how to tap into God's love. Yeah. what is um, that's good. Um, I, I tell people God loves me as if I am his favorite. Yeah. And, and. If you don't take it like, I mean, if you you can miss, you you can you can fail to take it for what it is and think that I'm being, yeah. I'm bragging, or God loves everybody as if they were favorite. Yeah. So some people just know how to tap into that love. Yeah. I, I take this analogy in the small groups when I lead the small group. Yeah. Uh, God's love is like the power that comes out of an outlet. Yeah. If you plug your cell phone in, oh, so yeah, uh, you you, you you bring out only very little power out of it. Mm-hmm. The same outlet, yeah. But you can plug a microwave that is a hundred and one thousand and five hundred watts, right? And you you pull out as much as
0: and you can make dinner.
1: Yes, <laughs> yes. So so it, it just depends on your ability to tap into God's love. It's yeah. there. It's available for everybody. Yeah. Don't miss out.
0: Uh, as we wrap it up. Hans, uh, the people that come to Journey every Sunday, sometimes I'll just uh, be in the lobby and watching you greet people. And I'm always amazed by how many people that you know by their name. Sometimes I'll watch, it. He, he, he knew the last 40 people by their first name. That's just, you know, to me, that's just a gift, but it so. also speaks about your love for Jesus and your love for his people, yeah. you know? And it, I'll watch people's faces when you say their names, and not just their names, but their kids' names. Sometimes you remember their dog's name, you know? But she's just, <laughs> I'm like, how does he remember all of this? Well, <laughs> you're so smart, you know? It, but I think it's also, it's the love of God. And man, what a great way yeah. to to put an exclamation point on this is that when you can tap into the love of God, God loves us all the same, yep. but not all of us tap into that love the same. Yep. And I think it's available for everybody. Everyone. We are so happy you joined us today on Stories I Didn't Get to Tell last Sunday. I'm Doug McAllister, along with my friends Hans Yeah, see? There it is. A village boy from Cameroon and a country boy from the bayous yes. our, our friends and loving Jesus together yes. man doing life together yep. and I just really uh, I honor you I love you I respect you and I love what God's doing in your family and with your children and congratulations on being a newly minted pastor in our fellowship man uh, you're joining our volunteer staff as Pastor Hans and yep. we want to just congratulate you, Thank you. for your un- uh, another amazing accomplishment in your life if you live nearby. Uh, we're in Slidell, Louisiana. If you're on the North Shore or uh, on the South Shore, you want to come visit. Uh, all of our information is on journeyfellowshipchurch.com. Or better yet, go to your app store and download the Journey app. Uh, it's free from your app store. Just type in Journey Fellowship Church in the search bar. Uh, you can see our app. Download it to your smart device. It is chock full of resources to help you in your faith, including a map to how to get to us. We worship together every Sunday. Uh, Also, we have small groups and we have other resources. There's past sermons, a couple of years worth of past messages are posted there, as well as all of uh, the... The, the episodes of this blog, or this vlog, I'm not sure what we're calling it, but uh, stories I didn't get to tell last Sunday. I think this is episode 12, something like that. Is that right, Katie? This is 12? Episode 13. 13. Yeah, so all of those are, are listed from uh, for the last couple of months. And I, and I post a weekly blog uh, at DougMcAllister.com. It's conversations with my dog, Hatch. Uh, he's, uh, he's one of my smartest friends, too. So that happens every Thursday morning. But I would love to get to see you and know you. Uh, check us out online, our online campus, uh, every Sunday at 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. You can join us and visit us online first, and then, but come out and worship with us, get to know us, get connected, uh, Journey Fellowship Church in Slidell, Louisiana. Well, Doug McAllister on behalf of Journey Fellowship Church and all of our family and friends here, hope to see you soon, and we enjoyed being with you today for this episode of Stories I Didn't Get to Tell Last Sunday.